This episode of the Out of Bounds Podcast is sponsored by Fisher Skis, and you can visit them at www.fishersports.com. Hello, hello, hello. This is the Out of Bounds Podcast. My name is Adam Jabber, and we have a fun episode for you today with Elsa. Elsa is from Slut Strand Society. She's the creator. Uh, she is the mind behind it, and uh, she's spearheading the whole operation, and we talk a lot about what slut strands are, what she's created and why she created it and what, how this became her full-time job and what so many things. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. I've wanted to talk to Elsa for a long time um, because I think there's a lot of similar veins in similar veins. There is a similar vein for what we do. Um, and uh, we talk about that a little bit, but we also talk about like, I don't know what this whole thing means to her and what skiing means to her and what the outdoors and uh, and slut strand means to her. So um, it's a movement. That's all I can tell you. And I think you'll get that out of this episode. Uh, before we jump into that episode, a few housekeeping items. Gear Guide drops first week of October. Michelle Parker's new podcast, Care Less Do More, drops second week of October. Uh, we got a lot going on around here. The, the Gear Guide's great. There's a lot of contributors. I'll talk about it more next week um, in the Phil Henderson episode. But... Um, a lot of cool stuff going on and I appreciate so much everybody's support, um, in all of that, whether it's listening to a show on the network, whether it's listening to me babble on Instagram, whether it's engaging with the content, I appreciate all of it very much. And that's that shit's going off right now. Uh, before we get into the episode, we have news, uh, which is cool. We might have the news after this and then ads or some formulation of whatever's going on. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. But we have a new segment that's been doing really well. It's been really fun for me to have that opportunity to kind of chat about stuff that's a little more current. I am going to do that every week with every episode, period. Uh, if you have a question or a topic that you want to hear on the show, please uh, hit us up, call in the voicemail number, and uh, and let's chat. Let's uh, Let's answer those questions. We'll do that at the end of episodes. Um, we actually have one already, so I'm going to play it, and uh, it's from our friend Alex Kaufman. Specify what show you want to see it on. What is this, fucking homework? Tell the hairy guy from Massachusetts to just play the damn voicemails and then make fun of the people. My God, it's not that complex. Okay, thank you, Kaufman. That is the godfather of skiing podcasts, in case you are wondering. Uh, he no longer does one. He has a lot of other things on his mind and on his plate these days, but... Uh, one of the best podcasts in skiing uh, that is no longer with us. Maybe he'll bring it back one day. But, uh, yes, I will just play them and I will make fun of you or I'll play them and we'll talk about them. And uh, it is gentle ribbing. I'm not just going to make fun of you. I'm not going to put you on blast. And if you tell me you want it private, I will do it private for you. And I won't tell the world that you're asking me questions on the podcast. Um, but that is totally your prerogative. Um the number to call us, our internet here at the Out of Bounds or Out of Collective Studio, is the worst because Ethan does not know how internet works and he never does it for me. Um, it, it, the voicemail number is 877-927-3955. Once again, that is 877-927-3955. Hang out with us via internet on the show. Okay. Uh, last thing, before we jump into the episode, we have to pay the bills. And I appreciate everybody listening, as always. Uh, 686 is a sponsor of the show and the collective as a whole. They have just released some new wide-fit pants, which, if I do say so myself, are very swag. 
Um, they they look great. They fit great. I got myself a pair, and I am a fan. Um, obviously, for somebody who cares about style at all, 686 has you covered. Never mind their ability to make a product that is high performance and made for activity. That's like that's what you want, right? Go to 686.com. Check out the new wide fit pant. Uh, it is uh, it's sick. I'm a huge fan. It's called the cruiser pant. Check it out. They also have this new molehill Sherpa Sherpa zip up jacket that I am a huge fan of. It is styling as fuck, and uh, I want you to go get that shit. So uh, check out 686.com. Their new winter line drops at the end of this month. So check it out. Um, next, we have our friends at Mountain Flow Eco Wax. Uh, if you care about the environment and you also need wax or lube or degreaser or grease, hit up the people at Mountain Flow Eco Wax and, uh, and do something good for your environment, your community, and your skis or your bike, whatever. Um, chain lubes and wax and all these petroleum-based products are not good for the environment. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. We've known that for a very long time. Mountain Flow has figured out a way to make a product that is eco-friendly, safe for the environment, and, uh, and just works really well. I think all that shit, somebody said, who was it the other day that said, who was it? I'm trying to think, I want to give credit to this because I think it's really good. If it's not functional, it's not sustainable because nobody's going to use it. So it doesn't matter. I don't remember who said that. Who said that? Somebody smarter than me, obviously. So, and Ethan doesn't know. So maybe smarter than Ethan too. Uh, go to mountainflow.com and use promo code out of bounds and you will save some money on chain lube or wax or, uh, they have a full whole enchilada kit that comes with everything you would need to take care of your bike for the foreseeable future. Mountainflow.com promo code out of bounds. Okay, cool. Um, that's it. I hope you guys enjoy the episode with Miss Elsa from Slutster and Society. Nothing further. Hi, my name is Elsa. I was born and raised in Crested Butte, and I guess you can kind of say I'm one of the ski industry's nepotism babies. So I was born and raised in my family ski shop that we actually bought the day I was born. So I don't think I've ever really had much of a, um, you can't laugh like that. I've never really had any other path in my life other than skiing. And so now I'm an outerwear designer. I run the Slut Strand Society and just quit my big girl job to really focus on gassing up the girls and see what I can do in the slut strand space. So it's a big season, but I'm excited to see how my path is shifting. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really cool. When we talked a few months ago, I kind of told you the same, like, this is going to be a weird fall, I think, and a weird winter for, for both of us for similar, like I'm same boat. I don't know what to do. I have like all this stuff to do. And like, this is now my full-time gig. And I'm like, I don't know where the fuck it's going to go from here. And also, I don't know if you feel this way too, but it's, it's weird to be like, yeah, this is work. Like this is the job now. Yeah. It's very paralyzing. Yeah, and it right. feels like there's a new level of expectation where at first it was kind of just a creative outlet where now it's like, oh shit, like there's a lot of people watching me. There's a lot of people depending on what I do. And so I want to hide and crawl into a little ball, but that's not really an option. So I don't know. It's going to be an interesting fall as we kind of transition into what's next. But yeah, what a... Uh... What does it look like? For, well, I guess let's let's back up a little bit. What what is Slut Strand Society? Where did that idea come from? Let's let's chat about that a little bit before we get into what's next. Let's talk about what's current. Okay. So, Slut Strand Society is a global community based off of 
the female skier and snowboarder, but obviously it's welcome to all genders. But we are truly bound by two strands of hair, which are slut strands. And through that, it's become a really powerful online primarily, but now more so an in-person organization where we're truly just here to gas up the girls and give each other the most fighting chance to really stand out in our industry, represent femininity and kind of give you like give ourselves a space Mm. and a space to be seen and recognized and unapologetic. So that's what Slut Strand kind of is as like an overall umbrella statement, but it started, oh man, probably about four years ago. And so Slut Strand has always been a term that's always just kind of been in my vocab, like growing up in Crested Butte, I think I heard it as early as like middle school. So it wasn't anything new to us, but so much so that like my parents knew the term and my dad owns an embroidery shop down in Gunnison, Colorado. And I was getting my oil changed one day and I walk in and he's like, dang girl, your slut strands look pretty good today. I'm like, oh my God, thanks dad. I'm like, that's so sweet. Like he's with it. He's like an old race coach, but like he's hip, he's cool. And so I was like, okay, what am I supposed to do for three and a half hours? And he had just like a big stack of like those SB12 classic blank beanies. And I was like, I have nothing else to do. I should probably embroider something on him. And so I was like, okay, slut strands, slut strand society. I was like, that's kind of nice. And so we went on, I was like, okay, let's pick the ugliest font I could possibly find. That's like nondescript enough that you can't really read what it says. So I'm not going to get in trouble at Target, but like, you know, you know. And so that's how we came up with the first like 12 batches of beanies. And so I put them on my Instagram story that night and girls were losing their freaking minds. And I'm like, oh, oh, that's nice. And so I sold them to all my friends. And then for weeks after I was getting hassled, they're like, okay, when are we going to make more beanies? I need them. I need them. I need them. And I'm like, y'all need to chill. Like school just started. I'm unwell. I don't want to embroider a bunch of beanies, but like, all right, let's do this. So we think we embroidered like another, like 40 ish, put them on my Instagram story and they sold out in like two minutes. And I was like, oh God, here we go. We're doing this. And so we like locked in the social media handles, found a website. Of course it was free because who's buying a domain that's slut strand society. So that was awesome. And so from then it's just been absolutely insane. Just like three and a half, four years later to see it just exploding on its own. Yeah. And I feel like I'm just getting taken along for the ride, but it's a gift. It's crazy, but I've never had so much fun. It's so insane. It's so insane to watch like, just from the beginning of it, from like literally you putting stuff up on your Instagram story to where it is now. And it's like mm-hmm. people make it their identity. Like it is a, yeah. it's a real thing, which is, it's so sick to see Wild. something like this, like kind of take off on its own because you don't, it's not like you're like jamming it down people's throats. People no. are jamming it down their own throats, which is yeah. fucking crazy. Like anyway, that's crazy. That's like a crazy thing. <laughs> that happen it doesn't it doesn't happen every day so what how how (laughs) that's my question how I honestly wish I had a good answer but I've always been from the very beginning very intentional on not like a shoving it down anyone's throat and b I'm very 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 careful on how we promote it so even when it comes to like our Instagram followers like right we only follow 69 people it's kind of like our little inside joke to keep some fun and cheekiness to it, but it's also just for my genuine sanity. But 
at the end of the day, like I don't know anyone's relationship with the word slut. And that is not mine to determine. So like, I'm never going to follow anyone that doesn't already follow us. Mm. I'm never going to reach out to an athlete that doesn't already follow and engage with us because I want to be sensitive of that space. And so slut sharing has purely been like all word of mouth, which is absolutely wild. So we watch the followers happen organically. And like, it's very rare that we'll ever, I don't know, we've never pushed out an ad and we'll do like giveaways, but for me, I think it's more crucial for the community to kind of spread it themselves and spread that word and like have this space be something that they believe in first more than me just giving them the swipe ups and the tools and the easy access to everything that we do, if that makes sense. But I think obviously the Olympics created a pretty big push for our following. But other than that, it's never really been something I chose. And so even when it comes to podcasts, like it was something I was always super careful about, but I don't think I really have a choice now it's growing, whether I want it to or not. So now it's time to buckle up and see how far we can really take this thing. Where, where do you see it going? I guess that's the, that's kind of the next step, right? You're, you're your own boss, you're in control of the ship and you kind of have to make every decision really falls on you. That's a lot of pressure. Uh, it's really easy to lose your shit and it's also really easy to like fall in love with what you do in a way that like blinds you to everything and I think that's one of the that's one of the things that I always worry about is like everybody's hyping you up everybody's like this is amazing this is perfect and not to say it isn't but it's like it's hard to like figure out what's next and that's where a lot and you know this like this is where a lot of brands go to die where they're like this is cool and then they just do cool and they're so focused on what they've been doing, they don't they don't really get what's next. So, it, you tell me what where do you see it going? What's how are you managing all of this? Not well. <laughs> um, so, kind of going into this next season, over the summer, I really had a lot of like I don't want to kind of like vision quest time, but I really allowed myself this summer to really like sit down, focus on what I want the nucleus of this brand to be. And then if every decision I don't, like if every decision I make doesn't bounce back to that nucleus, it's not a decision I'm going to make. Mm. And so what we kind of decided is that slut strain as it is, like that'll be our big umbrella band, right? And so that'll be the current social media, our quarterly drops, your creativity, the fun, very ski focused, snowboard focused, like that'll be slut strain and it'll always be what it is. However, now we have some bigger retailers starting to pop up and we're kind of considering taking a slight wholesale approach. So obviously like our drops would remain exclusive, but if you wanted to hop into your local ski shop, you can buy one of our beanies Mm. and that's super exciting. But with that comes, if we're going into these bigger ski shops, like, yeah, our name is a little polarizing. And so that kind of hops us into the question of like, okay, do we hold our guns and just stick to slut strand society or do we low key, not rebrand, but start referring to it more as like the society or just SSS Mm. or give people the options when it comes to our apparel of like, if you know, you know, but you don't necessarily have to have slut strand right in your face. And so we can make it a little bit more approachable to the masses while still maintaining that core nucleus. So there's that. That's the main umbrella. And then under that, we're starting the whole École de Fee series, which is French for girls school. And that's where my girl Smokey is really going to like 
run hard and fast with community. And so that'll be really focused on like female waxing nights, um, mountain bike clinics, skate clinics, community center events, working with different nonprofits, basically anything where it comes down to bringing people together, like that'll be a goal to fee. And that'll also be a real series on like teaching girls how to French braid their hair, showing them what we want to wear every day. So back up a little bit. We did this little Q&A on Slutstrand a couple months ago. And it was kind of when we were first launching Equal Defeat for this season. And we asked all the women, we were like, okay, like, what do you want to see from us? Like, what do you want to learn from us? And I would say 99% of our answers had nothing to do with skiing and snowboarding. Mm. It was crazy. It was like, show us your apartment aesthetic. Show us what you're doing every day. What's your favorite snack to make on a day of skiing? How do you French braid your hair? How do you do your slut strands? Like it was so much more, I don't want to say human, but it made us realize like, yeah, the girls that are following us are just like us. Skiing is not their entire identity and like, we don't need it to be. And so it was really cool and really special to see like, oh shoot, like we can have a bigger impact on their overall life than just our one lane and our one kind of deviated subculture of the free ski and snowboard community. So that was sweet. So I'm very excited to see like where we can run with a cool defeat. And then under that umbrella, we're doing, I know there's so many pieces, I'm so unwell, but then we're doing Unamused and Unamused is gonna be like our big video series that we're doing with Schaefer Nickel, who's like the most insane videographer ever. And the fact that he wants to do this with me every day shocks me, but like he's more invested in this than I am most of the time. And he's always the one keeping me in check of like keeping our dream alive. And so that's been a really sweet partnership of like, he comes up with an idea and he just runs with it. My hands are up. I'm like, you do you. And so what we really want to do with Amused is kind of lean into this whole storytelling series of like basically me and Smokey's general unamusement with our current world and finding cheeky and not necessarily provocative, but like truly poking fun at how serious we are making our world right now. Mm. And we want to show you guys the insane solutions we have to bigger like life problems. So it was like our Jag breaking down on the side of the road, like, oh, we're going to fill the engine with champagne. Like that is how we're going to solve our problems right now. And so I'm really, really excited to see like where we can really push that series this winter. And like, it'd be sick to get some of our brand partners involved and kind of let that be like our main outlook of like ultimate creativity and like unapologetic art, if that makes sense. Cause that's always been like one of my biggest things with Slut Strand is it is a huge creative outlook for me, an outlet. And so just to fight my own burnout, I need unamused to give me something where I can really focus and drive my creativity into. So that's kind of like the big three going into the season. And I'm sure we're going to have all sorts of branches throughout that, but. Yeah, I'm sure that's uh that's a lot going on. I, I understand well, being unwell now. I, I get, <laughs> I think I get what that means. Um, what, what is the goal, I guess, right? I guess you said in the beginning where it's like gassing up the girls. Talk to me a little bit about what, what you're trying to create for people and what, why you felt that something like this was necessary. Obviously when people buy a beanie, they buy a beanie, right? Like that's cool. It looks cool. I actually think the, the font is really good. <laughs> I, I, I you now. <laughs> yeah. But like, 
it's more than just a beanie, right? And there's a reason behind it. So talk to me about why that's necessary, especially in an, an industry like skiing where everything is so fucking weird all the time. Everybody's weird about everything. Everything is what it is like always and change is not very welcome. So talk to me about what that is for you guys. Yeah, for sure. So as I mentioned earlier, like I am one of skiing's like nepotism babies and I fully own that. <laughs> like our friend Troy Haas used to call me the Paris Hilton of the ski industry because I was just raised in this world. My mom is super well known in this world. Thus here I am. But with that, like growing up in a ski shop, I was constantly surrounded by men and like, that's not a bad thing, but like I have six brothers. I was raised in a shop of like, I don't know, 30, 20 something year old dudes. And that's who raised me. So my childhood was a lot like growing up in an episode of Jackass Mm. and like, that was great. But what I really relied on was like my female mentors within our industry and like my older sisters, because yeah, I had the boys club dialed and like, I can fit into that world super well, but like I had this group of older girls who were my older brother Asher's best friends when they were in like high school and I was in elementary school and like they raised me and they showed me that in skiing like I need to have strong powerful women that I get to look up to Mm. and so Mm. as I was going through high school and they went off to college and started doing their own thing and working for these big ski brands like I knew that I wanted to be that big sister and I wanted to be that role model for younger girls in my community specifically so I was a mentor for a bunch of sixth grade girls all through high school. And like, they were my children and I was nicknamed mom. And then when I went off to college, I was in a sorority and I ended up as like the new member educator. And like, again, I became mom. And so being mom has always been something that is kind of carried with me in every stage of my life. And so when it came to starting Slutshane, I was like, I don't necessarily want to be someone's mom, but like, I want to give girls a very positive representation of our world and a positive big sister that they can learn from and that they can look up to. So everything I do with Slut Strand, it comes down to fueling my community, being super raw, being vulnerable, pushing them to step out of their boundaries and like learn from each other and like break down those barriers and having relationships with them, like with each other. So at the end of the day, like girls are fucking scary. And that's okay. Like I I recognize it, but like at the end of the day, like the more we can push them just to communicate with each other and to like stop being afraid to like meet up with a bunch of girls you've never met to go like met Mm. before to ski copper for the day. Like I want to push those conversations and I want to push those walls down. So like these women can truly come together and be someone else that their younger selves can look up to. And so that's the whole mission is like, yeah, we're gassing up girls, but I just want them to always feel loved and feel like they get to love each other very well through everything we do. So yeah, it's like a logo on a beanie, but it truly represents years and years of learning and sisterhood. And I don't know, it's heavy, but it is, but that's, that's cool. And I, I I actually really like that because so many of like, 
the girls groups that you see out there, like they start with this energy where it's like, I just want a place for people to come together. But then they turn into like this, like man bashing, like we hate everybody that's not part of our click bit. And that's not what you guys do. You guys do the opposite of that where it's like, yeah, like this is a space for everybody, but it's really a space to like, like you said, bring down walls and make everybody feel like they're loved. And that part of it to me is, and I guess how genuine it is for you is probably why it does why it's doing so well and why people connect to it so much. That's fucking crazy. (laughs) Thank you. But yeah, like, I don't know. I have such a hard time with the whole, mm, I don't even know how to say it, but like, yeah, bashing groups of guys and like being a man basher, especially in the ski industry, like you guys aren't going away. It's not going to happen. But like, (laughs) I also recognize that like my guy friends are some of the most, like, they are the most supportive people in my life. And, like, my shop boys back home, my Strictly boys, like, the amount that they have done for Slut Strand and what we do, like, this community would not exist without that group of men and without that group of men gassing me up and gassing up this community. And so I will never, ever, ever be the one to say bye to the boys club, but if anything, bring both clubs together. Cause at the end of the day, like it's just skiing and just snowboarding. Like it's meant to just be fucking fun. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's, that's a thing that I think has gotten lost. The more everybody spends too much time on their phones and, and especially the last couple of years where people aren't spending that much time in person with each other. Right. They're like, I think we kind of forgot how important it is to be like in real life, having conversations, yeah. hanging out with people. And yeah, some of that shit's scary and it causes you anxiety and that, Every time I go to a bar, I get anxiety, right? Like every time I go to a party, every time, like, fuck, I grew up in the ski industry too. Every time I go to an event, I'm like, ah, do I belong here? It, it's oh, yeah. a weird I'm thing. I'm social anxiety. Yeah. Like sometimes I just like, I'll be like, yeah, I'll, it's, it's funny. I saw a tweet the other day that was like, I think it was the semi-rad guy that made it. And it's like how to show up at a party, get noticed and then leave as quickly as possible. Right? Like that's like my, I love that shit. Just like show up, say hi get out right you got out of the house you did your bit and you let and you leave but off topic um (laughs) i just think it's really cool that people are are starting to realize again that being together in person in real life is really important and hopefully it helps some of the like the seriousness of what everything has become on the internet i guess in real life it's not that fucking serious right on a day on a day-to-day like i'm not on the hill like worried about every little thing or worried about somebody's perception of me as a person or like, I don't know. It just, it just isn't a thing nearly as much as it is online. And I think that, uh, that we're getting back to a slightly better place, but I think this is where stuff like what you're doing is way more important. Mm-hmm. And it's even hard not to fall into that even on slut strand because it is primarily so digital. Right. And so I feel this weird pressure every single day. And like, I do this with slut strand. I do it with my own Instagram where it's like, okay, I have to be hyper curated. I have to make sure I'm getting this brand's attention. I have to speak to everyone under the sun. But at the end of the day, like, why do I care? Mm -hmm. I shouldn't care. Like, I'm going to post what makes me happy. I'm going to post on Slutstrand what makes me happy. And like, one of our goals this season is not just to post to post. Like, if I'm going to post something on Instagram, yeah, sometimes it's something on the vibier side, just because that's almost kind of our own mood board. But I want to be really intentional with what we are actually putting out there because Instagram is such a wash right now. So why wouldn't I just fill it with like quality, quality content? 
and content that has something a little bit deeper than just like your hero shots. Cause I'm over the hero shots. I want to know about the people behind them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you, you see that every day now that people are, they're interested in the people that make this stuff happen more than they are like how many spins somebody did or like their video. And that's like, yeah. don't get me wrong. Every time I say this, I feel like I'm like downplaying an athlete or doing, and I'm not, I re- that stuff is amazing, but that's always been there. Right. And you can't always, you don't always get to talk to a real person that's doing something in the industry. You don't actually get to talk to them about what their life is like. And those are the conversations that bring it more than just skiing and more than just outdoor sports in general. And that stuff is, is where you actually get to like connect with people on, on a deeper level. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, well, yeah, I hope it happens more and more. It, I feel, I kind of feel like the last few years have been this weird, <clears throat> this weird bit where everybody's just trying to like put out this perception of them. And maybe this has happened for a lot longer than the last few years, but my brain, like everything stops at 2020 basically. And then restarted. I, feel like I it's a dead zone. yeah, it's like a dead zone where everything just shut off and restarted. But it, it seems like everybody's just so worried about their perception of like how they come off and what they do and this thing and that thing. And, and like you said, I feel, I do the same shit. I'm like, think about what I post a thousand different times. And at the end of it, I'm just like, fuck it, whatever, whatever I did in the beginning it worked and it's going to work now. Like it'll all be fine. I'm just going to be the way that I am. And, and sometimes I'm right. Sometimes I'm wrong, but that's like the whole point. Yeah. And I always come back to him. Like someone else's opinion of me is none of my business. Hmm. And I have to say that to myself all the time where it's like, why do I care what they think about me? If this makes me truly happy, if this is inspiring to me, fuck it. Like, this is my life. This is my little grid. Mm. This is going to be my scrapbook at the end of the day. And like, whatever, it's all a choice. Is that still difficult for you to do? Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) And even like, I went every day, like I have to remind myself, all the time, like someone's opinion of me is none of my business. And I think that'll be one of my mantras forever. But even through college, like I went through a pretty aggressive fashion program at CSU at Colorado State with like Luke Coppa and like a bunch of great, great, great kids. But on one of our syllabuses from one of my favorite professors ever, like no hate to him. He's incredible and has been monumental in my career. But the very top of my syllabus literally said, do not show up to my class looking like shit. And then it was a list of items we were not allowed to wear <laughs> to his class. I was like, no hoodies, no leggings, no beanies, no whatever. And it was always like, dress for the job you want. And I'm like, Kev, I'm going into the ski industry. Right. This is what I wear. That is, <laughs> this that is, is it. Yeah, this is the job I want. Yeah. But even like we'd hop into our internship classes and even back then, like, our Instagram, they were preaching, not preaching to us, but like, it was very much so in our curriculum that like our personal social media and our Instagram is almost more important right now in our industry than like our resume, Mm. than our LinkedIn. Cause at the end of the day, like every job is going to go to your Instagram first before they're going to hit your LinkedIn. And so then being in a fashion situation and in a fashion focused environment, I was like, Oh God, like, how do you not fall into having everything I post be hyper curated mm. and having everything, like every single thing I posted had to fit the job I wanted, quote unquote, which needed to be glamorous and design focused and like the ultimate mood board for any brand to look at what I'm posting. And they're like, okay, she's got it. She has taste. Mm. 
And so it's still kind of a thing. And like, I get it here and there when it comes to working with brands or working with people outside of just the ski industry. Cause I still do a lot of like contract outerwear design and I'm primarily like an outerwear designer outside of slut strand. And so my social is still a huge, huge part of what I do. And so I do have to think about it a little bit, but at the end of the day, like I just need to be authentically me and everything I post. And so I've tried to find a balance of like, okay, how do I stay true to who I am and unapologetic and who I am, but still speak to like my brand, quote unquote, or my personal brand. So it's an absolute head trip and kind of the worst, (laughs) but I understand it is kind of my reality. And so it just comes into like a heavy mental game every day where like you're constantly battling the imposter syndrome you're battling the perceptions of others, you're battling brand deals. Like there's so many weird pieces that come with doing what we do that sometimes I just want to crawl into a little ball and hide and delete it all. But like it pays my bills. So I probably should not do that. So I don't know. It's a battle every day, but we're learning. We're getting there. It's uh, Is that not weird to you that it's so hard for all of us right now to just be yourself? Like that's like you have to I find myself doing the same thing all the time where I'm looking back and trying to figure out what even is myself, like what that even means anymore. And I don't know that I can tell you for a fact that my my father never thought about that shit. My mother probably never thought I. it's just not a thing that was even it definitely wasn't talked about it. it if it was even considered. You just are what you exist as. And now it seems like that's actually like being present and figuring out whatever you is is one of the most difficult things that people can uh, achieve, I guess. Absolutely. And like, no wonder we're facing such severe, like burnout and imposter syndrome and everything we do. Like there's such this weird added pressure that like, you're never going to sit down at dinner and talk about this concept with your friends. And like, that's weird to me, but like, fuck, it's bad. It's really bad. Right. But I also don't know how we would necessarily get out of it but it's creating such this weird anxiety. And like, I thank God every single day that I didn't have Instagram growing up. Oh, for sure. Those kids are fucked. Yeah. It's terrifying. Or TikTok. I would be, (laughs) I honestly think I'd be like a hurricane nightmare of a child. If I grew up with like the TikTok girls and social media, like, no, College was enough for me and it's still dictating my life, but I can't even imagine what it's doing to young girls now. Yeah. It makes me terrified to think about having children. I'm like, oh God. Yeah. What do you even do with that? Like, how do you manage? Yeah. Being a parent right now, trying to manage how much screen time your kid gets. Mm. Yeah. I, terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying. I, <laughs> that's a, that's a problem that I guess we'll have to figure out. Right. And I mean, I, I guess every generation has their shit. And every generation probably feels like their shit is worse than the past generation shit. But this is a tough one. Like there's not, the answer hasn't, we haven't gotten the answer yet, right? Like what things are going to be like, or even what we're going to turn out like. No, it's also brand new. And we're kind of the first generation to actually be raised with this level of technology. And so, I don't know, I'm terrified for what my life is going to be like in my 60s. I'm terrified for what it'll look like for my children, if I choose, or my nieces or nephews, like I look at my seven-year-old nephew every day and the amount of times that kid says yeet and it's weird me a little bit. <laughs> like he's my best friend on the planet, but every day he comes home from second grade and I'm like, where the 
did you learn that? Oh my God. What just came out of your mouth? But he's also exponentially smarter than I will ever be at the age of seven. And like, he blows my mind every day, but holy shit, I'm scared. Yeah, I, (laughs) I have no idea what, like, what does your screen time look like per week? Gross. I don't even (laughs) want to. I feel like I turned off the notification because it was making me really sad every week. I turned mine back on because I was like, I saw it one day by accident and I was like, Oh, I'm fucked. I'm fucked. Yeah. Oh no, it like pops up every Sunday. I'm like, ooh, delete, <laughs> delete. I don't want to know. Yeah, it's really bad. I'm a being. I like him bragging about being down twenty percent or whatever, and it's still like seven oh. and a half hours or some shit like that, and it's just. Yeah. I'm probably in like seven to nine. Yeah. It's... And then there's this guy that works at our shop named Johnny, who's, oh, he's incredible, but his screen time is maybe like. I don't know, 45 minutes. Oh, that's sick. That's sick. I wish I could be that person. Well, see, I say I wish I could be that person, and there's no way I could actually be that person. No, we wouldn't be able to eat and pay our bills. That's a fact. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, that's what I keep, I keep telling Ethan that the dream is to have somebody that just like takes care of all the phone shit for me. I actually, I got a second phone. Like I got a work phone because I had like all the shop people, like, and it's annoying. Like people blow you up about like their binding or something like that. And like, what really did it for me is I had this dude texting me at one in the morning about a bike he wanted for his wife and he was hammered. And he's just like, I'm like, this is one, one in the morning on a Friday or something like that. Why do, why is this? Yeah. No boundaries. Like we're not figuring out that this is not okay. We're not. And it's not like a shop friend. It's like just a guy that happened to have my number and uh, it made me get a second phone. And I was like, cool, this will make me put my phone away and I'll use it less. But Sure enough, I'm just using both fucking phones, and uh, now I'm just a double piece of shit in a different way. Like, I guess the nice thing is I can put it away, but it's <laughs> I can put one of them. We away. have that one special. I know it's it's fucked. Um, but anyway, anyway, yeah, it's I don't know where I don't know where that shit's gonna go. I don't know how the how kids are gonna handle it, and I'm I'm not envious of any parents out there that are that are listening to this or that are new parent. Like, that's uh that's a terrifying thing. Oh yeah, sending you guys nothing but love and support but <laughs> godspeed but i don't know at the end of the day like all you can do is just raise your kid to be genuinely kind yeah and that's about it just aim for kindness i feel like that's a good goal it's a good goal yeah. it's uh it's again a lot easier said than done i feel like and uh sometimes oh, yeah. it, sometimes it feels like it's just luck when people turn out really solid you can find a solid yeah. human and you're like this just seems like against all odds this just happened so mm-hmm. Um, let me, so did you spend a lot of time in the shop growing up? Like how much did that, how did that not deter you from being involved in the industry? I guess, because that's always a thing that I, I look back on it. I'm like, how did I not hate this at 15? You know, how did I not never want to do this again? Um, how, how did you deal with that? And did that impact you? Did that impact your decision? All right. We are interrupting your listening programming or your listening experience with an ad from our people at Mammut. Mammut is the premier safety product and safety manufacturer uh, that is out there right now. They make the best beacon on planet Earth in the Berry Box and the Berry Box S. They also make some amazing avalanche packs, backpacks, uh, and uh, general safety equipment. They make a Berry Box S package, which includes a Berry Box S, a shovel, and a probe. If you are getting into the backcountry, Please get yourself some of this if you are starting off. Uh, just get the whole kit. Why not? 
They make a berry box one that's uh, fairly inexpensive at four fifty nine for all three products. They also make an S, which includes the premium transceiver as well. Um, I'm obviously a huge fan of this company. I'm a huge fan of the product, and everybody that spends real time in the outdoors would agree with me as well. Uh, they just they're the shit. They make good stuff, and that's always been their goal is to make a high quality product that lasts and just keeps you safe. It does what it says it should do, right? There's not that many beacon companies out there or safety companies out there or mountaineering companies out there that just do the product and do it well. Memu is uh, is definitely an outlier there. And also, that pink shovel is fire. Um, if you need a new shovel, they make them, and they make them in pink and in gold. I think I think they call it dragon fruit. But anyway, I'm rambling. I'm sorry. Uh, go to mammoot.com. Use promo code out of bounds, capital O, capital O, capital B, and save 25% off. It's a huge discount. Start your season off right. Save yourself some money because that discount is going away soon. Out of bounds, 25. And that's it. Uh, our friends at Darn Tough are also a partner of the Out of Bounds podcast. They are one of my favorites because they are keeping my feet not disgusting right now. Um, I am at this at current day, I'm 44 days into wearing the same pair of socks. And I got to tell you, they feel pretty good. They don't smell that bad. They just started smelling like four days ago. So I would say you can do just about anything all season long and wear the same pair of socks without washing them, including activities. And you'll be all right. I have no no fungal infections, no weird stuff. Uh, wool is obviously naturally antimicrobial, and it is an excellent product. The Micro Crew is a beautiful sock. It fits extremely well, and it lasts forever. Lifetime guarantee on all darn tough products. Support a, support a Vermont brand. And uh, buy yourself a pair of darn toughs at darntough.com. And we are back to our episode with Elsa. Thanks. Oh, yeah. So... Like I said, so we bought our ski shop, Newton Company, the day I was born. And so I truly have never known a day outside of our shop. And so Butte Company, I think, has been in Crested Butte for around 45 years now. And we've had the shop for around 27. And so ugh, it was such a mixed bag. Like there are so many high highs. And then there are some parts of my childhood where I'm like, oh, like that kind of sucks. Yeah. And that's fine. But like, for example, okay, high highs. Like my relationship with my brand reps are my everything. And my reps have become my second family. Like they're my godparents. They're my best friends. They feel like siblings. And so I was always super inspired by any time one of them would show up to the shop and like show us their line. And from the very beginning, I was like, oh my God, jackets are the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Like since day one, I've never not had a time in my life where I did not want to design jackets. Like that's always been my very set direction because I just thought they were like works of art. And I still to this day believe that. But like my kindergarten presentation, my dream job was to be a lane girl because the lane girls were all over the back of my shop. So I was like, I want to be like Pamela. I want to be like her. And then I quickly realized, I was like, oh, yeah, delete. No, but I appreciate them. And they're soon going to be all over this wall, but we'll get there. But I don't know. I always just found it so insanely inspiring. And like the shop life was not easy for our family. Like when my parents went through the divorce, when I think I was going into kindergarten, my dad decided he wanted to pull out of the shop, which like, I don't blame him for that decision at all. And he wanted to dive into real estate. And I was like, oh, that's probably a very financially sound decision. Like that's a great move run. 
But what that left my mom with was like a ton of debt, a ton of carnage that like she never really knew she was signing up for. And at this point, she was a single mom in her mid to late 30s, early 40s with a ton of debt, three gremlin children and a whole group of kids in a shop that like she had to take care of. And so when it comes to like holidays for us, holidays do not exist when you run a ski shop. Like every Christmas we spend in the shop, we're fitting 900 families from Texas and Oklahoma. We're touching people's feet all day. Like we don't do Christmas. We don't do Thanksgiving because that's opening weekend. Like we don't have those quote unquote, like normal holiday traditions and like quality family time. Like our quality family time is in the shop right? and it's the kids in the shop. And so every Christmas morning, we all put on our ninja suits and we go to the shop and hang out with the kids there that don't get to go home to their families. And so I think I really hated that. And I think it caused a lot of I don't know, resentment growing up because I didn't understand why we couldn't just have like Christmas morning or we couldn't go on spring break to the beach. Like if we went on spring break, it was probably another ski resort for one of my brother's ski comps or something in that realm. And so that was always a little odd. Like I never understood why we couldn't just like shut the doors and go do our own thing. But now growing up, like I truly realized like how hard we had to work just to keep those doors open and to keep all of those shop kids fed and keep everyone like roofs over their heads, especially in a ski town. And so I don't know, it gave me a lot of burnout. And so growing up, I was like, yeah, fuck this. Like, I don't want to do this to my family one day, but at the same time, I'm like, I physically could not imagine my life anywhere else, but this shop. And like, I can guarantee I spend like if I'm home, I spend 99% of my time in Crested Butte at the shop. We just go home to sleep. We don't even eat there. I don't think my mom has cooked me a meal in probably 15 plus years. Like I, she, I don't know how she feeds herself, bless her husband, but like our life is at that shop and that's all we do. It's our joy. It's our happy place. And I think being removed from it for the last 10 ish years, it's made me appreciate it a lot more. And I don't know. It's my favorite place on earth. I love how damp it smells. You get to go into the tech shop. It smells like P-Tex. And like that to me is like the true smell of home. And you get to look up on the ceiling and you see all the boys that have ever worked there have their signatures written up on the walls. And like, there's truly nothing more special than just being in those walls. So yeah, it caused a lot of resentment. It made me a very angry teenager, but I would not change it ever it's the best. Yeah. I, I wonder what, how I will feel about it. Cause a lot of what you're saying, I'm like, Oh, this is exactly the same thing, right? Like you spend your holidays in the shop. Like that is not everybody else's time off. You're working your ass off. It is just like, yeah, exactly. And you're like, yeah. you're mad at everybody else for having a good time. And you're like, fuck you. I'm working so much harder than all of you. And you're just like, yeah. and everybody else thinks you have the best job in the entire world. So I'm, I, yeah. I'm interested it looks to so see. glamorous and you're like, no, I've touched 500 feet today Oh, and yeah. I'm buckling frozen boots and like pounding little fireball in my coffee cup in the back so I can smile yeah. and get through the day <laughs> because yeah. I need to be lovely and graceful 
every person that walks through that damn door and make sure they had the best experience at Butte and Coast Ski and Snowboard. But I just want to rip my hair out. And yeah. that's okay. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I, I don't know if I'm going to say the same thing. And I'm two weeks removed from being in the shop. So it's a very different, we're in a very different position in that respect. But yeah, our, our Texas, our people from Texas here for the weekend or the holiday are people from New York. And it's the mm-hmm. same, it, it literally is that same feeling where you're like, yes, it's a holiday. And I spent my holiday morning touching 40 people's feet and dealing with, you know, screaming children because their parents don't want to deal with them. Like you're basically being treated like the nanny for the half an hour to an hour that somebody is in the ski shop. You are the, you're the caretaker, you're the boot fitter, you're the cash register. You're like A to Z. It's a very, it's a very different experience for people that haven't worked in a shop on a holiday weekend. Yeah. It gives you a nice strong lesson in patience and grace. Yeah. In but yeah, it's special. And like I would kill for one holiday. I don't know. To me, a dream Christmas would be on a beach far, far away. I don't even need a Christmas tree. I just want to lay down and experience pure leisure. And that's it. Just once. Just once. That sounds awesome. But it's not gonna happen. So no, it's uh no. Yeah, I've pretty much accepted that that is my fate as well. Uh, very, yeah, good to know. Um, talk talk about your relationship with your mother a little bit. Like what, I see you post about her and how much you admire her and how much you love her all the time. And it feels so genuine and I'm sure it is so genuine, but I, I just want to know what what is it about the way that your mother did things to make you have that relationship with her now? Oh, Steph. Steph is like, people come into the shop from Sutshan and they'll like come up to her. They're like, oh my God, are you Steph? And she's like, uh, yeah, who are you? Like, what? Because she's like, believe it or not, she's so not tech savvy. So she only sees a very small fraction of what I do. Right. But she's just a battle axe of a human. So I'll give you a little Steph background. So she was raised in New Hampshire. She grew up in this tiny town, Campton. Our family owned like a woolen mill way back in the day. We made sweaters. Her dad was like the ultimate ski bum. We're in the ski bum hall of fame. Went to Proctor Academy for ski racing. She was the epitome of like the East Coast skier girl of the 70s. Like the butch haircut, the denim vest. Like she was a hard ass ski racing girly pop. And so... She also happens to have an absolute voice of an angel. So when it came to college, she had a full ride to, I think, New Hampshire and UVM for music. And right before she started school, she was working on Lake Wanapusaki, which is like where she really grew up. And this chick comes up to her one day. She's like, hey, I'm going to this town called Crested Butte in like two weeks. Do you want to come with me? And my mom was like, yeah, sure. Give me two days to tell my parents. So dropped out of school before it even started, packed up all of her shit in trash bags, no furniture, no plan, no nothing. Didn't even know what Crest Street was and like got in this chick's car and just left. She left when she was, I think, I want to say she was like 18 or 19, which is just insane to me. And so she lands in Crested Butte. I'm pretty sure it was like bike week. So she rolls up and it's a bunch of dudes in spandex and it's just beautiful there. And she's like, fuck, like I'm staying forever. Right. Like done. And so pretty soon after she was working every job possible, 
cleaning cabins, teaching skiing, nannying, waitressing, like every job under the sun that our town had to offer. And she ended up having my older brother when I think she was only 22 and was like cleaning his daycare every night to make sure he could go to school and teaching skiing every single day and on the weekends and like truly busting her ass just to survive in Crested Butte because her parents are like, yeah, you're 18, you're done. Like, bye, Mm. good luck. And so she just worked her ass off. And so when she met my dad, they're both teaching skiing. Long story short, they bought the shop. She got stuck with the shop post-divorce and like since then has just run that thing with so much grit and grace that I will never, ever understand. And so when we were in, when I was in fifth grade, so I guess this is in 2007, my oldest brother, Asher passed away in a skiing accident. And that just like destroyed my mom's world. Cause that was her baby that she had when she was 22. And like for her running our shop and like loving on the boys and loving on anyone that walked through her door, like that was the most important way to honor him. And to this day, like, that's kind of why we all do what we do and like why we put such a high emphasis on like truly loving people and loving them at their core is because of what Asher taught us. And so my mom has always just been a very, very prominent member of our community. And she's like the first person that if you're having a bad day, if you need assistance, like whatever that is, she has two off two chairs in her office that are fully designated for anybody to come in and just vent. And so it's insane. Like, and it's constant, it's all day long. So people will just walk in and out of her office and just spill their hearts out to this woman because she is so insanely like insightful and graceful in her approach and like there's nothing you can do that this woman has not already done like she's 20 years sober she grew up in the ski industry she's had breast cancer she lost her child she's done everything and then some but at the same time still has the personality of a 14 year old boy and it's just ridiculous and hilarious and fucking absurd like she truly is my best friend but at the same time so there's the graceful qualities of my mother, but on the other side, not even the other side, like we are so grossly similar to the point where like we fight like nobody's business. So it's a classic mother-daughter relationship. And like, she loves to FaceTime me. And as soon as she FaceTime me, she decides to eat a bag of nuts or like chips. And so all I can hear, she would die if I'm telling the story. But all I can hear is her like chomping on nuts and like, I don't know the rage that comes over me, but it's this special mother daughter rage that I just want to come unglued and throw my phone across the room because she's eating her damn nuts every time she answers the phone. And (laughs) I think it's a thing, but I don't know, like we are so hyper close and like, I'm pretty sure we talk on the phone no less than six times a day. And there's no one I connect with more, but there's also no one in this world. I probably fight with more because we are so up in each other's business and all that we do, which is fine. It's a gift. Like my life would be, well, it would be nothing without sweet, sweet stuff, but she's my biggest cheerleader. She's also 
my biggest pet peeve most days. So it kind of just depends on the situation, but she is the shit. I think everyone should meet Steph. I, I agree. I would like to meet Steph sometime myself. This, uh, she sounds great. Yeah. The nuts thing would drive me, the nuts thing would drive me a little insane too. I guess that's one of those things that your parent does or your parents do. And you're like, if somebody else saw your reaction to it, just like with no context, they'd be like, this is a crazy fucking person. Like this kid is nuts there. Yeah. What is wrong with them? Right. But the, when you know, and when you have that relationship in some form, you're like, okay, I kind of get it. And when you're in that relationship, shit, it's too much. Like you can't handle it. It takes over your body. Yeah, it does. And like, I don't get angry often. I really don't. I'm not an angry person. And like, it takes a lot to make me even slightly upset, which is probably not a great thing. But yeah, as soon as she opens that bag of almonds, it is game over. And she still does it. And she's aware of this. Every time. (laughs) Is it a game now you think, or you think she just doesn't give a shit? She doesn't give a shit. No, she, she knows. She knows. And every time know this like you know I'm gonna have like this weird deep emotional reaction to you eating an almond and I don't know where it's coming from but but please don't yeah just wait wait until you hang up noted yeah yeah that uh (laughs) that's really funny actually I never yeah I never really thought about it but that's that's how it is it just anybody else looking at it will be like this is insane yeah I gotta do some self-evaluation I think after this with my yeah, own I'm like, what childhood trauma do I need to unpack to figure out my? Oh yeah. But it's okay. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of unpacking of childhood traumas lately, and I'm like, fuck, man. Like, I didn't know any of this shit even existed. Which is, I guess, that's a nice thing, right? It's a nice thing to hear other people talking about that kind of shit. Like, you can, you can do that, and like other people do that. That's a real thing because nobody tells you that. I guess when you're growing up, that you should talk about how you feel and like the issues that you have and shit that bothers you. You're supposed to just like keep it all bottled up and you know, and then eventually you just explode on your poor mother eating a bag of nuts. Oh yeah. Ignorance is truly bliss. (laughs) Not in your late twenties. We're unpacking everything, baby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same, same. Um, (laughs) Talk to me a little bit about what people's first reaction is when they ask you what you do and you tell them I own this company called Slut Strand Society. And like, what, what does that reaction look like usually? Well, it kind of depends. So I choose my audience pretty carefully. So if a general stranger, or like if we're at a family event or a wedding, if they come up to me and they're like, okay, what do you do? I'm always like, okay, I'm an outerwear designer. Cause that is primarily what I do. Right. Cause slut uh-huh. has always just been kind of my side project. So I can always back that up of like, oh, I worked at spider or saga or Icelandic, like whatever that might look like. I've always had kind of that backbone to be like, no, I'm an outerwear designer. I design clothing. I design ski gear. That is what I do. However, when people really want to know, like I will bring up slut strand and it's usually not me who will bring it up because I get really awkward and uncomfortable when people ask what I do. Like <laughs> this is where podcasts are weird for me. Like I genuinely hate talking about myself and talking about what I do. Cause I feel like I just sound like an asshole every time I say it. And so it's usually like someone else being, Oh, she runs this brand called slut strand society. Right. And they either take it really well and they understand what I'm talking about. And they're like, Oh my God, what? excuse me, she does what? And so then I have to go through the thing of like, 
physically explaining what my slut strands are, explaining the whole backbone and the community and what I kind of do around that. And so I can kind of circumnavigate the conversation, but I was at a coffee shop down the street with my friend Lauren the other day and this like older sweet sweet lady comes up to me and I have one of our big slut strand society stickers like the purple drippy one on the back of my computer which I just don't even process is there which I should probably process I'm in Denver and I'm in Pearl Street someone's gonna have an issue and so she comes up to me and she's like um excuse me I'm like hey like what's up do you need the wi-fi like what you want and she's like uh what are slut strands and so I kind of give her like the brief example and she's like huh she's like well do you have a boyfriend and I was like no (laughs) like where are we going with this and she's like well I'm just wondering like what he would think about that and Lauren snaps back she's like you know I think he'd probably like it she's like he would like it he I think I think he'd like it and I was like fuck like let me just chug my chai and walk away in shame and so I'm careful. Like, I don't even think my grandma knew exactly what I did and that's fine. And so I genuinely choose what part of my career I tell people. Cause if you get it, you get it. If you don't, it's going to take a lot more for me to explain than a two second elevator pitch in the target. Yeah. That's, that's always weird, right? Like the elevator pitch, like selling yourself, that's worse than doing a podcast. Are you fucking kidding me? That's like, that's the ultimate, I have to feel like I have to lower myself and what I do into two minutes, explain it to you. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to associate everything I do for the rest of time into yeah. this one thing, right? Like how many times do people that you don't see often bring that up to you again? And you're like, all right, I get it. I get it. That's not the only thing I do. Yeah. It's all the time. Right. And like, I don't know. I don't want to say like, sometimes it bugs me, but obviously with slut strain growing at the capacity it is like that has become so much of my identity and there are a lot of days where like I meet new people and like I don't want that to be the first thing they know about me Mm. like I want them to know me for me before they know like what I do so at the end of the day like yeah it's super important but like I want you to know Elsa Grace as like Elsa Grace and not just slut strand and sluts are us and the ski world like I want a little bit of separation or I think I'm just going to come unglued and feel a weird sense of burnout and kind of lose my individual self when it's not just me as a brand. Cause unfortunately I, as an individual am becoming a brand within a brand mm. and that's weird to navigate. Yeah. I, do you ever pretend it's not you like putting stuff out time. or me? Ma- yeah. Right. Okay, cool. I, it's good to know that I'm not the only one mm. all, no, the time. all the time. And like, it is, I don't, <laughs> Honestly, I don't think I've ever, well, I mean, I have, but I don't wear slut strand merch. Right. Ever. Right. Most of the time it's because I give it away to whoever's at my house and they go through my closet and take it, but it just feels weird. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's like my raging imposter syndrome coming out, but like, I think about going to level one on Friday. There's no way in hell I will be wearing slut strands and I'm probably not going to wear a hoodie. (laughs) Like if you know it's me then thank you like please come up like I'd love to talk to you but like I don't want that to just be me as a walking billboard to my job right and what I do right yeah it's uh that's a weird bit that I don't know that a lot of people fully understand because it's like you don't want to be an asshole like you don't want to be like this pretentious like look at me type person that's a really shitty thing like we all know people like that 
And I yeah. don't think anybody likes those people. Like it's it's really hard to listen to somebody go off about themselves. Mm-hmm. It's one of my least favorite. Things. Yeah, for what? Like if you if you're doing something cool, somebody will tell you you're doing something cool. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need to you don't need to fish for it. And I think that that fishing is what causes a lot of shit to just never go anywhere anyway, right? Like you're you're genuinely just you're forcing it. Mm-hmm. I and I think humility is such a beautiful, beautiful thing that we need to practice a little bit more. But yeah, there's there's a weird like my all coming out, but. Yeah, but there's a weird line between being like too self-deprecating, having a little bit of self-deprecation and being like a full-blown egomaniac. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I definitely haven't figured out where that line is. Um, so if you find it, let me know. But it's it's a it's a difficult thing to navigate, especially when you're one of one, right? Like you yeah. are one of one, truly. You're the only one that's doing this. You are the idea behind it. You started it. That's a that's an easy thing to let go to your head, but it's also an easy thing to be like, everything I do is shit. So <laughs> balancing yeah, that is hard. I usually read more towards that direction, Same, unfortunately, yeah. but we're working on that. Yeah. It's a, that's a difficult, that's a difficult bit. Okay. Um, one of the last things I'm going to ask you and then I'll let you get out of here. Um, you brought up the Lang girl bit and I want to know more on that because it's not the first time you, it's the first time you mentioned, but it's not the first time you've talked about it. So no. I want to know, there's this weird, like, like people making the objectification of women a thing has always been a thing. And it's always been just like fine, right? And that's part of the reason that that campaign ran initially because they were just selling stuff to dudes, right? What? Why, why do you like that still? Why do you like that? Because I think there is a, there's a right answer, I think that like this is used correctly it's just not what it was intended to do initially i don't think and again this some of this is speculation but it is what it is so t- tell me what it means to you why you like it all of that and kind of explain it to somebody who's just cuz i've looked at it kind of the same way where i'm like this is cool it's cool that this exists it's history but then sometimes like especially if you pay too much attention to what's online people are like this is the worst this is the worst thing that could happen to women it's the worst thing for everybody so you tell me. Well, I think I have many opinions on this, but A, I think when we think back to when Lang Girls started, which was like the early 60s, 70s, skiing was unadulterated. It was very fun. It was very sexy. We had Wang Wong, we had Susie Chaffee, and like the whole era of skiing was supposed to be this hyper unapologetic outlet of just like pure fun and like sexiness and carnage. And so when I look at the like early, early Lang girls, I'm like, I don't necessarily love some of the newer ones, but like, I appreciate it. I'm like, no, like this is true. Like art of the time. This is what inspired a lot of people to get out skiing, whether it was through the lens of like sexualization or like, it was just a pinnacle of like being in a ski shop. And like to us, we go into our back shop and like our walls are still covered head to toe in all of the lane girls. And to me growing up, I looked at all of those women. I'm like, no, like they're powerful. and like, they're badass. Like I thought they were just beautiful. I never thought about it through a lens of like sexualization. I was like, no, like that's sick. I want to be that girl in skiing. Like I want to own my femininity. If that's my choice and I want to cover myself in feathers and ski boots, like hell yeah, I get to do that. And that always felt like it was empowering to me 
And so now like I'm looking at my coffee table and I have like a vintage Playboy and a vintage Cosmo. And so I always kind of dial it back and I think of like just the spirit of the time it was actually created in the context of when it was created. And you have to have, not necessarily like have grace for that, but like that was the zeitgeist of like what was happening then. And that is part of our ski history, whether we want it to be or not. And so to me, I look at them and I'm like, no, like that is such a sick timeline of how the fun of skiing created what we have today. And it is always going to be a big thread of like what I do with Slut Strand because it is an inspiration for me to be truly unapologetic and feminine and show what I want to show. And so, yeah, like my couch behind me, like my whole layout is all my old vintage Lane Girl posters with some other art sprinkled in because like that was such a pivotal point for me as a really young girl, which like is not normal. That's probably some of my childhood trauma I need to unpack, but like they were icons to me. And that's not something that'll ever change. And like, yeah, some of them didn't age very well. Some of them are a little inappropriate and not okay. And they will not end up on my wall. And that's obvious, but like fuck Pamela Anderson and ski boots, like that's sick. Yeah. It's insane. That's insane. And like, that's what we have to appreciate. And like, we used to go to SIA in Vegas when I was like a toddler. So my first essay was straight out of the womb and you used to go to, it was bad. And you'd like, people would be walking around like tigers on leashes and they've been throwing like stripper cards into my stroller. Like my childhood was rogue, but (laughs) you go to the Lang tent and like all the Lang girls were there every single year Mm. and signing posters. And like the amount of baby photos I used to have, like with the Lang girls was insane. Please tell me you have some of those. I will find some. I still have like one of the signed ones at my house from Heather. I don't even know who Heather is, but Heather signed it. I'm sure she was a great gal, but like, it was just such a part of what we did in like the early 2000s. Then it kind of trickled off as they did like the local lane girl, whatever. Like it got weird really fast, but I think it was a really, really cool icon in skiing but I also love how K2 can totally flip it and make fun of it like that was sick too and we have that hanging up in the shop right under the original so I think at the end of the day skiing was made to be cheeky and fun and all like unapologetic and so that's always just been a very clear depiction for me of that message like nope I'm here to have fun and as soon as I'm not having fun we're missing the whole point yeah yeah, I like the way you put that. Like, it's it's important to put the context of the time in. I, I think that that's, you're right. Because I if you brought that campaign back today, it would be really difficult to find a way to make that work, right? I think the right person, the right group could bring that back and it worked. Mm-hmm. But if Lang did that, right, exactly. It'd have to be tasteful. It'd have to be from, with the right intentions, I guess. But... Mm-hmm if you, they did it exactly the way they did then there's there's no chance that would fly like it's it's just not the same oh. thing it's it's not what today is about no absolutely not like they would get steamrolled even if i was to run a campaign like that i'd likely get steamrolled and our name is slut so <laughs> i don't you gotta choose your battles and like that's not something i would ever well i don't know maybe we will recreate it that could be a fun little project but it'd be a different a different message, a right. different situation. I think it would lean more towards empowerment 
rather than sex appeal. But I don't know. I think there's room for both. Yeah. No, I agree. I think there's definitely a way that it could be done right, but that's uh that's definitely not up to me to decide. I have I am not gonna do that, so that I will leave that uh I will leave that to you and uh or whoever decides yeah, whoever decides to pick that uh that daunting project up. Um, good on you. Um, the last thing I want to tell you is be- since you posted on camel pants, I have now gotten three different ads, uh, in my own Instagram feeds and on the pod Instagram feeds, uh, trying to sell me camel pants somehow. I didn't engage with this. I didn't talk about it. I only thought about it. And now there's camel pants all in my shit. I'm not going to apologize for it. I highly, <laughs> highly recommend the investment. My mom found these for me at the thrift shop like a week ago to go with my other collection. So uh, they go with everything. Like today I'm wearing it with a beautiful white creamy knit and I wore it with pony loafers. You can dress it up. You can dress it down. Big Buck Hunter is hot right now. So I love that. I, I, <laughs> I love that. Um, also, where where can people find you? Where can they find Slut Strand Society and anything else you want to plug or tell send people to? I know we don't do ads, but this is this is kind of an ad. So this is my ad. Um, you can find me at Elsa Grace W on Instagram or Slut Strand Society on Instagram as well as TikTok. But don't really look at our TikTok because it still scares me a little bit. And then, ooh, anything to plug, come to Level One on Friday. Laura Obermeyer is premiering her beautiful new film with an so insane psyched. lineup of ladies. And so come hang out with us. It'd be really sick if we could film the room with 50% men and 50% women, at least. And so, I don't know, get your girls, tell your neighbors, and just come play. I won't be wearing sweatstrand, but I'm probably the only ginger, so I'm not that hard to find. So come say hi. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, Elsa, thank you. 